0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that talks about video game news stories and highlights from the past week. My name is Luke Armstrong, and welcome to another episode of GAF. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, you can get podcast games are fun on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Castbox every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. So, what is this week's episode looking like? Well, We're talking about Fortnite Season 6, just launched last week, and so that's obviously a big topic of discussion for gamers right now. Fortnite the biggest game on the planet. I've actually found that I've been playing Fortnite more often than I did in the past. Uh, The last couple weeks, I would say, of Season 5, I started playing it with some friends, and I just got hooked on it. Um, I got the Fortnite bug, I just... I really was having a real fun time with it. And so when season six started, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Let's get the battle pass. I'm not normally somebody who uh, sticks to one particular game. So this, this little bit will only last for a while. Um, I'm just, I'm not devoting all my time to it. But anyways, uh, I'm going to be talking all about my experience with, uh, with Fortnite lately. And obviously all the details surrounding what's new in season six. And then uh, the last half of the show, the ha- second half, um, is going to be about horror games. So I'm actually going to be listing and giving suggestions to you guys on some of the best horror games you can play across a bunch of different platforms. It's October, that means that Halloween is right around the corner. I'm just, I'm a huge horror movie uh, fan. I'm a big horror video game fan, and so I wanted to, as soon as October hit, I'm like, you know what? I'm talking about some of my favorite scary games and hopefully you guys will find some interest in, in these games and check them out for yourself this Halloween season. And then that's the episode. It's a little bit shorter than normal just because this has been a busy week for me. I haven't had a lot of time to prepare for this episode, but I do promise you that next week and the week after that we'll have more content in the episodes. I, as you can see, I've been trying to stick to that hour, you know, 45 minutes to an hour time range for each episode. And, uh, yeah, I, I, will try to, to hit that next week for sure. So housekeeping for today's episode, October community, let's play. I need to get some, just some suggestions from you guys on what you want to play this month. So for those of you who don't know every month, there is a particular day that I host a community let's play where I play games with you guys, the listeners. So August was No Man's Sky. I had community members Coleman Dean and Brian Paquin playing No Man's Sky with me. And then September was Fortnite on Xbox One. I had my nephew and some of his friends playing Fortnite. And so for October, we need a suggestion on what you guys want to play. I want to hit two dates if that's possible. I want to hit one for my listeners who have Xbox. And I want to hit one for my listeners that have PlayStation 4. Obviously, you guys know Coleman Dean and Brian Packwinn talk about them on the show a lot. They only they have PlayStation 4s. And then obviously um, I have a bunch of other friends on Xbox One that have showed interest in playing. And so because cross-platform isn't a thing, we I think it would make sense to, to have two separate days where we host, uh, you know, one for Xbox one for PlayStation 4. And Maybe if there's more Nintendo Switch owners in the future, then we could uh, do a Nintendo themed one as well. And of course, it's going to be live streamed on Twitch. Last week's or last month's uh, was really fun. I got some good viewers on the Fortnite stream and some new followers over on Twitch.tv TV Games Are Fun podcast. And so I'm going to continue that trend and uh, stream the whole community Let's Play on Twitch as well. So. Yeah, write into me what game you want and what platform uh, you're hoping for. Just some suggestions that I've kind of thought of. I thought of maybe Rocket League as a game that would be kind of cool. Overwatch. Um, What else? So Like a racing game would be sweet. If anyone has an Xbox and has Game Pass, Forza Horizon 4 is going to be available on Game Pass. And so that's that one game that I'm definitely going to be playing for a majority of the beginning of October. And so, yeah, if you have Game Pass, that's another suggestion. Um, but whatever it is, send me send me in what you think. And then in next week's episode, I hope to have a, a plan set in place because we're already looking at the second week of October by next week's episode. And so it'd be great to have a plan in place, have the date set on when they're happening. And speaking of Twitch, like I mentioned, twitch.tv slash games are fun podcast. I'm streaming way more frequently than I have Uh the last couple months so make sure you go over there follow me on twitch set an alert so that you know when i go live and you can catch the live streams um i've been having a ton of fun over on twitch especially streaming Fortnite. um i've had some really good viewer interaction viewers are in the chat talking with me and so that's been really really fun as somebody who's a very very small on twitch and is trying to grow his uh his channel that's really cool to me so make sure you go over there and, okay, I guess I'll get to this later in the show when I talk about horror games, but horror games are definitely something that I'm planning on streaming this month of October. Uh, you can expect on Halloween a bunch of horror games being streamed, and so stay tuned for those kinds of announcements. Uh, one other note, I put a poll up on my Facebook page, Games Are Fun, and I basically was creating a poll to ask you guys what I wanted to play next for a retro game is down to Diddy Kong Racing and GoldenEye on Nintendo 64. And Diddy Kong Racing won that poll. It ran for a week. They won by 64%. So you guys have spoken. That's what's going to be the next retro uh, game that I play. When that will be, I'm not sure, but just stay tuned for details on that. So that's housekeeping. Let's get into the episode's topics that I want to talk about. So, Fortnite Season 6 has launched. Let me just say, let me just give a little bit of backstory of my Fortnite experiences as of late. So, if you are a regular listener on Games Are Fun, I've talked about Fortnite, different Fortnite modes that have come to the, the game. And I've kind of also described how... I perceive Fortnite. So, when Fortnite was in early access, I like basically right when it got on consoles, I jumped in and started playing it. I had a lot of fun with it, but eventually my hype kind of died down for it and I moved on. And that was even before they had the official launch of, uh, you know, starting with skins and all that. It was just very casual. There were solo, there were squads and duos, and that's it. There were no special customization. It was just chests and guns and that's how it was. And so um, because it got a little repetitive and I knew that the game was going to update of course. Um, It's a games with service, that's how it's structured. But I just got bored of it at that point in time and so decided to move on. When Nintendo Switch announced that Fortnite was coming to the platform, I jumped back in again and started playing on that especially because of the cross-platform compatibility where I could log into my Xbox Fortnite account, my Epic account that was on my Xbox. I could sign in on my Nintendo Switch and just continue playing on that profile. So that was really sweet. Again, played it a little bit, but didn't get super into it. At this point, I can't remember. I think it was season five, maybe, uh, that it. I, that's where the game was at. And yeah, I just... I. I guess I just didn't really uh, get pulled back in immediately. And so I would say two or three weeks ago, I started playing Fortnite. Um, I think it actually ha- happened with the Fortnite Community Let's Play last month in September. And I started playing it, and I was like, you know, this game is really fun. Um, and I think it had a lot to do with playing with other people. I've been playing a lot more with people I know and on chat and that just adds to the experience a lot and it's also a really fun game to stream on twitch because then you have the the viewer interaction on there as well so that's been really fun so long story short i've been getting back into fortnite a bit i've been having a lot of fun with it still playing it on the side it's not my main focus i'm like 94 percent done spider-man for ps4 and so i'm just my main focus is to finally flush that out and get it to 100 get the platinum trophy and then i'm going to explore maybe some other different games or i can put a little more focus on fortnite but for the time being um yeah i just drop in every other night and play some fortnite it's been really fun and so season six i decide you know what i'm going to get the battle pass for this season because i'm playing it a lot more and it just makes sense to do that so A lot of you listening to the episode probably are all aware of what's new in Season 6, but I decided to highlight everything that is in Fortnite Season 6. So I'm pulling this uh, from GameSpot. Tamur Hassan uh, posted an article, What's new for Fortnite Season 6? Map changes, skins, battle passes, pets, and more big additions. So I'm using this as my platform to list all the new features you guys Are seen in season six. So, Epic Games has done a fantastic job of ensuring that Fortnite keeps its fans engaged by regularly dropping in fresh content to unlock and giving aspects of the gameplay new twists. That continues with the release of the latest major update which kicks off season six for this season there's a whole bunch of new cosmetics items to unlock including skins and pets but also plenty of gameplay opportunities to discover ranging from bouncing around on loot lake to turning into ghosts by using the shadow stone which were disabled due to a bug those are just a couple of examples but below you'll find a complete breakdown of everything new to fortnite from the season 6 update expect for things to develop further um as we've already seen the new floating island is on the move so fortnite update 6 full patch notes so fortnite season 6 launched alongside patch 6.0 which introduced a number of new features changes and tweaks in addition to the battle pass refresh which delivers over 100 new cosmetic items to unlock there's pets location overhauls weapons and items put in the vault and more um So, if you want to run down on the full Fortnite 6.0 patch notes, you can check those up online. I'm not going to go into those details, but... Uh, Moving on, new map locations. The island on which Fortnite's Battle Royale takes place has undergone multiple changes across the various seasons thus far, and Season 6 is no different. Epic Games has confirmed that there are at least four new locations to check out. Floating Island, Corrupted Areas, Cornfields, and Haunted Castle. Players have been directed to drop in and find the rest in-game, indicating there are further secrets to be found on the island. So I have actually... I've explored the Haunted Castle a bit. It's really sweet, Um, as well as... Uh, No, that's it. I have not actually got onto Floating Island or the cornfields or the corrupted areas yet. Um, I'm kind of a, a player that drops in on the edges of the map and work my way in so I don't die right away, but I should probably explore those. Continuing on, Battle Pass skins and other rewards. With over 100 new cosmetic items to unlock as part of the Battle Pass for Season 6, Fortnite players are going to have a busy time grinding challenges and racking up kills in Battle Royale. To give everyone a target to strive for, we've put together a complete gallery of every reward in the Battle Pass so you can see all the skins, bling, sprays, emotes, banner icons, and music added in the Season. So obviously I'm not going to describe in detail every single thing that's part of the Battle Pass. But the skins are kind of Halloween themed. Um, there's kind of like a Teen Wolf skin, um, a Red Riding type skin, skin, um, and some other kind of Halloween haunted skins, I guess. Um, so yeah, I'm <clears throat> I'm sure that a majority of the younger audience is well aware of what skins, because that's what they find important. Um, but mentioning the skins there are the they're cool new evolving skins so we've got a specific article where you can look at the new skins although all the skins are cool there's two specifically that are particularly worthy of attention the first is a legendary skin called calamity which levels up and transforms a female character from a standard model wearing a cowboy hat shorts and a t-shirt to someone straight out of bloodborne similarly the dire legendary outfit takes a male character and transforms him into a werewolf, clearly inspired by the movie Team Wolf, as I had mentioned earlier. So yeah, there are skins that aren't just w- w- look a certain way. You can actually level them up and get them to the legendary level and uh, change the skin and evolve it. That'll pass details. Um, we'll skip that. Pets. The other big new addition is pets. There are currently three of them and they'll hang with you within your, oh, excuse me, and they'll hang within your time in the game. There's three pets in total right now, and you can see them here. Um, so there's a dog, a chameleon, as well as a dragon. Naturally, they're very cute, but they also react to the world around them, growling when you enter combat, and looking terrified if you jump from crazy heights, which is a nice touch. Um, from my understanding, some people had some questions on, uh, they they hear like their dog barking when they open up a chest, and... They're worried that that's alerting enemies nearby that they're around. And I've read up and done some research online that your pets, even though they interact to the world around you, only you can hear those noises. So that's kind of good to know, especially if you're trying to be stealthy. There's nothing worse than if your dog's just barking and alerting the nearby enemy. So, um, but yeah, that's basically it. Um, it's, you know, the, the big changes are obviously, um, some of the map changes like floating island was a big deal. Um, It's moving around the map, so uh, that's kind of interesting. The shadow cubes are basically things that allow you to... It's kind of like active camo in Halo, but I actually haven't been able to experience them because they have taken them offline to fix some bug issues. I'm not sure as the time of this recording if they're back up or not, but um, yeah, it's just... It's a cool season. I like what they're doing. I like that it's kind of themed around some spooky stuff because it is near Halloween when this season is released so that's pretty sweet um yeah i'm just really excited to see um you know how far i can go with the battle pass if, if i can get to the hundredth tier and unlock everything um it's hard for me to stay on these games with service because I, i'm really focused on single player narrative games i not i don't like multiplayer games as much as i used to Um, But I'm excited to see what other surprises that they release within this season. So that's really cool. Now moving on to the other half of the show, I'm talking about horror games because it is October. So a little background, I love horror games. Horror games are, you know, I think scarier than watching a horror movie because you're in control of what you do. Whereas like in a horror movie, you're watching somebody and let's say they're going down into a creep darky, dark basement, right? And you're telling them, don't go down there, you're going to die. Well, in the video game, you got to go down there yourself. You actually are the one in control of your character and deciding what they do and how they react. And so it puts a lot more fear in the fact that you don't necessarily know what's going to happen all the time. Uh, Some things aren't predictable and that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, I wanted to take the time to highlight some horror games because I really like horror games. Um, and so some of these games are available on multiple platforms. And so majority of them, if you own a Nintendo Switch, an Xbox, uh, PlayStation 4, an Xbox 360, a PlayStation 3, or a PC, you should be able to play some of these games. So the first one I wanted to talk about is Outlast. So Outlast is kind of a... It's a first-person survival horror game. So unlike traditional first-person horror games in Outlast you don't have any guns. Basically all you have is a video camera and that video camera is sometimes your source of light. So you don't have a, a flashlight or anything but what you do have is your video camera which you can turn on to night mode and use that to walk through whatever area you're exploring. And so basically, all you have to worry about is, um, because you can't fight the enemies, all you can do is hide, and you need to find batteries to power your camera so that you can see in the dark and stuff. Um, Basically, Outlast is about a journalist that goes to a, a kind of a, an asylum or like a a mental psychiatric hospital and um basically i can't remember the exact reasons why he he goes to this uh i think it's more it's just like they he heard that there's like um kind of like weird like testing going on in this hospital so he goes to investigate it and of course he finds this asylum in or hospital in complete disarray and there's crazy stuff happening so it's uh it's a cool first person horror game you can play it on ps4 xbox one and uh it's actually available on nintendo switch as well and of course uh, on pc and then there is a sequel outlast 2 which i even found scarier that one's set in a uh it's kind of set all over the place um that one is scarier in my opinion because um, you're dealing kind of like with this cult that's in the desert in, I believe, Arizona. And you're with your wife as a journalist, and you go to this cult to kind of, or this community. I think that like people are, have gone missing or something. And you go there to basically investigate and see what's going on in this area. And of course, you're attacked by this like crazy cult. And the game just there's lots of weird flashbacks from your past and stuff, and yeah, it's it's a crazy game. The this the fear I had while playing Outlast 2 specifically just like it it blew me away. So I would Outlast and Outlast 2 are definitely some of the scariest video games I have ever played, and so that's why I'm talking about them at the the top. I actually remember there was a jump scare in Outlast that scared me so bad that I jumped up. I was sitting on the couch and I pulled my legs up close to me and I almost pulled my hamstring because I did it so quickly. So that that just tells you, like, it, it's a scary game. I, I almost pulled my hamstring while playing it. Um, of course, and the, uh, not as per specific game, but just Resident Evil, the franchise in general. That is... Um, the best horror franchise in my eyes especially the earlier games not so much you know uh, five and six but I definitely one two three are very scary and then seven brought it back to its roots and actually it's in first person so I really recommend that if you're wanting to check out Resident Evil you can get the remastered versions of the game on Xbox and I think some of them actually might even be on Game Pass but you can get them on Xbox and PlayStation 4 And they've actually pretty much remastered every single Resident Evil game for current-gen consoles. So, really, if you just go into the store, I think some of them are like 10 bucks. Like, you could get Resident Evil 4, uh, which came out, uh, like, during the GameCube era. You can get it on Xbox One or PS4 for pretty cheap. So, yeah, definitely check out some of the Resident Evil games. If you are looking for a specific Resident Evil game... Uh, message me kind of what your interests are. Like I like this part of um, this kind of type of horror game or I don't like this things. And maybe I could give you a suggestion on what Resident Evil you should start with. Um, if you're being a true gamer, I would just play them through the order they came out. That's a lot of games. If you're looking for a single isolated horror experience, um that will really scare you, I would just say, go straight to Resident Evil 7 and play that. And if you have VR, play that game in VR. And well, only play that game in VR if you want to die, because I swear if I want to try it, but I don't think I could actually handle it. Like I think I would have a heart attack playing that game in VR. So yeah, check out any of the Resident Evil games. I think that's just a dead giveaway that those are ones you need to check out games that are very similar to Resident Evil, specifically Resident Evil like 4, 5 and 6 kind of that camera over the the shoulder, The Evil Within. The Evil Within 1 and 2 um they actually came from creators of Resident Evil, and so that's why it has that same feel as Resident Evil games. Um these games are current generation games and they're really fun. They're hard as heck though. Like I played the first one on, I think normal difficulty and it was really hard, like exceptionally hard. That game took me probably two to three years to beat because I would progress through it, get stuck, get so frustrated that I couldn't pass the boss or whatever and then I'd just leave it and move on to a different game and then like four or five months would go by, I'm like, you know, I got to itch for a horror game, let's jump back into the evil within and I'd go again and I'd finally beat that boss only to advance like three or four chapters and have it happen to me again. So um, yeah, if you don't have a good time with very like difficult games, I don't recommend The Evil Within because they are challenging. But if you like a challenge and you like horror, then definitely check out uh, either the first one or the second one. Um, actually, no, check out the first one. It's The second one is a direct sequel. So don't even, uh, if don't jump the first one. Start with the first one, go to the second Um, another game, this one's for PlayStation 4 people only, Until Dawn. So Until Dawn is basically, I think I've mentioned it on the show before, it's made by Supermassive Games. It is a kind of choose your own adventure type game where you'll be given two options or you'll be given dialogue choices and every choice you make affects how the game, uh, basically goes out and the game is kind of set of like these teenagers go to a cabin up in the mountains and there's this creepy horror guy that tries to kill them and so it's very stereotypical horror movie themed what's cool about it is it's kind of like b-grade horror it's very cliche all of the cliches that are part of horror movies are in this so it actually is really fun in that sense that they poke fun at those those things that horror movies always have in them but what's cool is the choices are really in depth You can actually play the entire game and have not a single character die. You can also play the game and have every single character die. So like, I think in my, I've only played through the full game once. And I think I had three people die on me, maybe more. And I found out that, you know, looking back, if I made certain different, if I made different choices there was different outcomes. So that's really fun. It's a really fun game to play with your friends and or maybe like a uh, your girlfriend or boyfriend um, because you can uh, have fun, you know, voting on what what's choice should happen, right? And seeing how it pans out. Um, so yeah, definitely check out Until Dawn if you have a PlayStation 4. The game's been out for a while and so... Yeah, I I seriously recommend it. If you're looking for something to do, like I said, with your boyfriend or girlfriend or your friend, like on Halloween night, like get Until Dawn. It's probably pretty cheap on the PlayStation store and that will just, I guarantee you'll have a fun time with that. So those are basically the main ones that come to mind. Of course, I could go on uh, about all the horror games that you guys could play. But like I said, um, I'm trying to keep this episode a little shorter. So... Yeah, that, that's basically the ones that you're going to probably want to have focus on. Those are my recommendations. But of course, if you're looking for more than just that, comment. I'll reply what horror games I find uh, the best. If you're looking for more psychological thriller rather than horror and gore, I definitely have some recommendations for that as well. Okay, now moving on to the last part of the show. We have the question of the week. Last week's question was, what do you guys think of the classic consoles being released? Of course, we talked about the PlayStation Classic that was announced in last week's episode. And I kind of gave my thoughts and opinions on it. But I, I wanted to see what you guys think of those kinds of consoles being becoming a trend. And so, of course, Brian Packwin and Coleman Dean, the two uh, very big supporters of the podcast, wrote in. And so Brian Packwin said, and well, first, I should mention that both their answers are very different. They are on different spectrums of this topic so I found that very interesting so I'm going to read both their responses and then kind of give what I think on on both of them so Brian says I think these mini consoles exploit nostalgia and oversell outdated code best example NES classic was what $100 switch online with 20 NES games plus online service for $20 that right there shows me they're treating NES ROMs as pack in tech so why spend premium dollars on '80s hardware? PlayStation Classic 120 for '90s hardware. Our '90s ROMs um, exploiting nostalgia to gamers is like selling beer to an alcoholic. It's frowned upon, and profit wins overall. Um, so that I I'm gonna actually read Coleman's response because it is so. It's like the polar opposite of. Uh, Well, Brian focused on the cost perspective, which I'll get into, but Coleman's response was a little different. So he said, with regards to classic consoles, I have both the NES and the SNES, of which I still have my NES from growing up, but I never had SNES. The classic consoles have been an awesome opportunity to play games from the consoles I grew up with that I never had a chance to play or the console I missed out on growing up. I could see the argument that classic consoles devalue original hard- hardware, but realistically it's worth it in my opinion to be able to play games. I hadn't had the opportunity to believe it before. So as you can see, very different opinions on this topic. So let's kind of, let's, I want to respond to Brian's response first. So I think Brian has a really valid point that the the cost of these things are the biggest issue. Um, that's what I have a hard time rationalizing to when I want to go purchase, I think uh, what the cost is. And I'm like, you know what, that's just far too expensive for me for just a very small number of games. If we look at the PlayStation Classic that we talked about last week, it's $120. um, It's $100 US, $120 Canadian. And you're only getting 20 games, right? Sure. If I bought every single individual one of those games, on digital stores or i bought physical old copies of the game i'm going to be spending way more than that but at the same time um you know there are ways around it now i don't necessarily think downloading roms is the best way to do it as somebody who is uh big in the gaming industry i want to support developers in buying uh, their software, their games that they made, A lot of I, I understand now as an adult of how much work goes into video games. Where I see ROMs as being okay is for games that are unattainable, right? Um, it provides you with an opportunity to play a game that you can't find or play anywhere, right? But if that game is available on so many different platforms, like for example, Super, Super Mario Brothers is available on basically every Nintendo console that exists almost, um, but pretty well you pretty much could find a pretty easy way to play that game without having to install a ROM in an emulator on your computer or your phone to play that game, right? Um, Of course, it's a gray area when it comes to legality, but um, I think from my understanding, if you own a physical copy of the game, you're actually entitled to have a digital ROM version of it. So if I own Pokemon Blue cartridge, I can have a, a ROM version of it. Again, I've tried to do research on what's legal or what's not. So I, I just wanted to address that for people's response of like, you know what, you can just go download a ROM. Sometimes people don't want to do that route and they just want a platform to have it on there. But is it still necessary to do when it costs so much, right? And I think that's what, what Brian's getting at is they're, they're exploiting that. They realize that people are going to give into that and charge for as much as they want for that. So I think it's okay of an option, but the cost is just too crazy. So Brian's response, you know, he highlights the, the positives of, um, you know, he, it's been awesome because it's given him an opportunity to play games um, that he maybe didn't get to play when he was growing up. Um, right. But, you know, I think it's like you have to weigh that scale of like, is these 20 games really worth it for that price? And if the answer is yes, then, uh, and you've justified it with however much money you have, or, um, maybe there's some games on that console that you really want to play, then go for it. But if it's a little... Pricey for what you're getting and you have an issue with that. I honestly recommend maybe skipping out on these these things because I think down the line we're gonna have so many games available to us. Streaming services are the future of gaming right now. Like look at Xbox Game Pass. Google's trying to get into the gaming world by offering. Uh I read an article I wanted to talk about on the episode today, but I didn't want to go into it fully. But they're looking at trying to get AAA games streaming on some of their Google devices, right? Um, I think that's the way of the future. And that just means that at some point, we're just going to get more and more opportunities to play games, right? But I look at when I had a PlayStation 2, didn't have a lot of opportunity to play some of the old games, right? Because that's where we were from a technology standpoint. Now, today, not only do we have these classic consoles and everything, a lot of these games are on the digital stores of the Xbox store or the PlayStation store. So I think In the future, we're just going to have more availability for these games, but if you like to be a collector and you like to have physical items like that, then go for the classic consoles. That's my whole spiel on uh, classic consoles. That's this week's question of the week. Um, If you are interested, make sure you write in your answers for the question of the week. Coleman and Brian, I can't thank you guys enough because you write in almost every single, if not every single week. So I really appreciate that. Um, Yeah. If you have uh, a response to this, feel free to email me at the email address gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. Now, for this week's question, it's kind of more uh, a, an original question. And I understand that not everybody's going to have a response for this question, but I've been talking about horror games, so I wanted to have... I Basically, this whole month, I, I kind of hope to have as many horror-related questions as possible. So my question is, what horror movie do you think would be the best adaptation into a game? So what horror movie would you like to see turn into a video game? We've seen games like Silent Hill turn into movies. We've seen games like Resident Evil turn into movies. And I thought, what about movies that I've already established turning into a horror game? Some of them obviously wouldn't work, but send me in your suggestions. Games are fun. Podcast at gmail.com or you can just throw it in the comment section to whatever platform you're listening this on facebook instagram twitter whatever platform sending your responses and i'll read them on next week's episode so that's what that's it that's it (laughs) that's it that's the episode for the week it's a shorter one but we'll be back next week with a whole bunch more news and announcements in the video game world so until then take it easy get ready red dead's at the end of the month it's only a matter of time all right guys i'll see you next week